and welcome to Stronger 99.94 Cricket Every Day. My name is Martin Chardo from the Merrily End, and I'm joined, as always, by Estelle Vazi Devon, fresh from the Puff Race Christmas party. Sri Lanka on 99.94 is your new home for Sri Lanka content. And of course, Sri Lanka Premier League content will be dropping into your podcast feed on YouTube or the 99.94 app several times every week. So do please rate, review and subscribe. Thank you for joining Cricket's Conversation. Um, Estelle, before we crack on and talk about the end of the second leg of the Lanka Premier League, which uh, finished at the time of recording this, the day before in Candy, I want to know all the gossip from the Papres Christmas party. What happened? <laughs> There's no gossip. I think we spent uh, half of it watching the game on TV. <laughs> uh, of course, sports obsessed. We had to switch off the TV and ensure people got uh, got some food in their systems also. <laughs> what was on the menu? What food was on the menu? Sri Lankan Chinese. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Lovely. I uh, obviously haven't had that for a while, but I look forward to having that when I get there in a few weeks. Um, and what do you make of the game? Because I know obviously this isn't a football podcast, but the one thing I will say is I see everyone from Sri Lanka staying up really late night to watch football games. And I kind of feel for you guys because this should really be closer to, or, 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 or at least, you know, it's closer to your time zone than it is mine in London. Um, you must be absolutely gutted you have to stay up so late to watch them. Yeah, I mean, I think when 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 the time zone is closer, it actually makes things harder. Like if you were playing in Australia, it would be perfect for Indian time zone because, you know, everything's during the day. I guess I say that because watching a game at work is work for us at the Papare. Whereas I suppose there are people who can't really watch the game at work. Uh, but yeah, I mean... <laughs> There's a lot more interest in the LPL this year as well. So we've seen people staying up for that. And then, of course, the World Cup comes, the football World Cup, the football World Cup comes around only four times. I mean, once in four years, unlike the many, many, many cricket World Cups we have nearly every year. So, yeah, it's worth staying up for that. Let's talk about that Lanka Premier League. Um, the second leg of it finished in uh, Candy uh, yesterday. As you say, there's, there seems to be more um, interest in it this year. I really feel four of the five sides are actually really good T20 sides this year. That's not to say that's not been the case in the past. But Well, actually, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, actually, I kind of think that's been the case in the past, where previously Jaffna have been kind of quite good from the get-go and Gaul have got themselves together as the tournament's gone on. Straight up this year, Gaul, Candy, Jaffna, and now I think Colombo have kind of joined the party as well, are are pretty decent sides and really become difficult teams to beat. Uh, what what teams have impressed you the most and what's your kind of initial take on, on the whole tournament so far? Yeah, obviously Jaffna has been good and you expect them to be good, right? Just looking across the tournament, I feel like... Uh, See, with the LPL, it's basically people coming together a day, two days. Sometimes uh, the overseas players only get get to join the team like a day or two before the competition starts, right? So then, you know, coming together like that um, and kind of putting on a performance that is, you know, competitive is hard. So that's why I think we've seen teams like Jaffna and uh, Gaul 
who have had the most kind of settled um, franchises so far doing well in the previous tournaments. But now you you kind of feel like the other teams are also catching up. Uh, for me, I won't say impressed because obviously I do like uh, the Jaffna side. They've been good. But Candy has been good as well. I think those West Indians, uh, Andre Fletcher, Carlos Brath, Carlos Brathwaite. I mean, he's been incredible, right? I think he's far and ahead, like way, way ahead of everyone else on the wicket takers list. And it's not just you know uh, lucky wickets. He's been bowling well. So Candy has been really impressive. Obviously, you expected them to do well, bringing someone like uh, Hasaranga into the side. But he hasn't had to kind of shoulder the entire burden of that team. Um, they've had lots of good contributions right throughout, whether whether it be with bat or ball. So Candy for me has been the most impressive, particularly looking back at how bad they've been in the past two seasons. Yeah, absolutely. These, you know, this is the th- what the third iteration of the of the Candy side, um, and and Falcons. The Falcons really seem to be flying, as it were. Not just flying, but also like marking out their prey and sweeping down uh, on it and picking it up and and doing doing what needs to be done to to get their daily feed, as it were. They've really caused Jaffner some problems in their last two games, and it lo- it, lo- it kind of feels like we might be heading towards a Candy versus Jaffner final, and uh, that that's going to be unmissable if that if that is the final. If it isn't the final then it looks like one of Gaul or, or Colombo are going to have to knock out one of the other, or, you know, knock those other two teams out. Um, Colombo have really, in the last, you know, in that in that second leg, really started to get their get their stuff together, haven't they? There was an incredible knock by Angelo Matthews, Dinesh Chandamals, uh contributed with runs, and, uh, even, you know, even... It, the Colombo side kind of, with those two players in it kind of feels like it, it's got the, it, it, I don't want to say old men's side because I think both those players are actually younger than me. But um, yeah, it kind of feels like the senior pro team on the tour. Um, but they are doing enough to win games, right? Yeah. And, and, they, and they've, they've turned it around because they started badly. Yeah. And there's just, this is why I mentioned the preparation and, you know, team coming together. Angelo Matthews opened in the first three games of the tournament, right? And their batting order just seemed completely, uh, I don't know, uh, very confusing for an onlooker to see why they had gone with those combinations. But in the last couple of games, they've got the combinations right or the batting order right. So they've got, in in the game where they chased 194, they had Chandimal at the top of the order. They had Asalanka at number three. And those guys, obviously, those seem to be the positions they prefer. So um, it's it seems like a simple, like a simple solution, but it's made such a big difference um, to their campaign so far. And seriously, although Candy and Jaffna have looked like the best two best teams in the competition, you can't rule out a team like Colombo really causing an upset in either one of the. Um, playoffs or in the final if they do get there because they've got they've got the quality to do it right they've got the bowlers they've got the batters and you can't you shouldn't undervalue the kind of experience that guys like Matthews bring um they played in the big tournaments they've played in the big leagues right so so they've got that experience under their belt so Colombo to me 
is a very dangerous side now because they they seem to have gotten their combinations right. There's one team that's totally underperforming, uh, Dambula Aura. Let's take a quick break and talk about them when we get back. Hi, I'm Nikesh Shragani, commentator and host of the India on 99.94 podcast. Several times each week, my co-host Sara Waris and I will be bringing you the very best in Indian cricket chat. Whether we're discussing the legend of Julan Goswami, KL Rahul's strike rate, the men's T20 death bowling woes, or the latest controversy involving the BCCI, we've got you covered. You can listen and subscribe via your usual podcast provider. Just search for India on 99.94. You can watch us via YouTube and you can download the 99.94 app. If you love Indian cricket, then join our conversation. So... There's one side that's not performing, Dambula Aura, third iteration of this team in three tournaments. They've got a lot of superstars, but it's not working for them. What's going on here, Estelle? Yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? They've got a superb squad together, and I don't think they've had bad squads in the previous two seasons either, but they just seem to be unable to put in a good performance. Yesterday was probably the worst uh, bowled out for 89. Just I'm just looking through the squad, right? They've got... That performance yesterday, yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I saw any T20 side in any franchise tournament or international throw wickets away like, like, like the way they did. I saw somebody tweeted, it's like a Chinese version of, of Basball, uh, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Um, but uh, T20 cricket has come on a long way in the last few years. You just don't see innings like that anymore it's really it, it was it was really a throwback to about five or six years ago right where they were just losing wickets and they couldn't stop the flow of it normally someone comes in and just goes right even if i'm going to go three or four overs without scoring runs i'm just going to do it because the most important thing in t20 cricket from a batting perspective is that you give yourself the opportunity to make as high a score as possible and you bat all 20 overs right yeah i mean it's it's a it's a funny thing again coming back to the the lack of preparation or you know the fact that the teams only come together uh, very very late just before the tournament they seem to be like a very disjointed team don't they and i guess you can say that you know when teams are winning it seems like this like the the team spirit is high and everyone's confident blah 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 uh, but this team really really looks disjointed and it's it's funny because they've got They've got Banu Rajapaksha. They've got Dasun Shanaka to to Shanaka, obviously captain of the limited overs side for Sri Lanka. But Banuka is another guy who's who's been a leader around that setup. You just don't see that kind of leadership. I feel um, because looking at that, I, I'm just looking at the team that played yesterday: Lasit Kruspulle, Shivan Daniel, two of the brightest young talents in Sri Lanka. Kruspulle, I feel, uh, was very close. I think to kind of getting a shot at Sri Lanka, but didn't start in, in the LPL. They obviously preferred Shevon to him, uh, but hasn't had, you know, the games he's got opportunities in, he hasn't really done much. Uh, Daniel, I felt was impressive, even though he didn't get big runs. I felt like the confidence as an 18 year old coming into this kind of setup, he, he's, he's been impressive. Shanaka has tried hard. Uh, with the bat, he's he's had a couple of good innings, but nothing to you know um, write home about. Banu Rajapaksha has been disappointing. Uh, 
poor LPL by his standards, you would expect the better of his uh, his class to kind of destroy bowling attacks, right, in the LPL. But it just hasn't happened for him. On the bowling front, they've got Pramod Madhushan, Lahiru, uh, Madhushan, sorry, Lahiru Kumara, uh, uh, Van Mirken from, from the Netherlands. But just, they haven't been, I don't know, It's it, we spoke about this in the previous episode as well. You don't, you can't point out what the issue is, right? Yeah, it just feels, we've seen... All the four sides, the other four sides, all do something extraordinary at some point in the loss since the tournament began. Dambala haven't done anything. It feels like there was actually quite a lot of coming into the tournament. Looking at that squad, you've got Sharnaka, you got Rajapaksa, two big hitters from the national side. Um, there was a lot of expectation that if they were going to win games, they'd be able to chase down big scores and potentially post big scores. Siobhan Daniels and Cruz Pele. Again, two players where there's a lot of expectations on how they might develop as players and what they might go on to achieve. Uh, young players as well. And they've got good bowling. Uh, they've got a good bowling attack as, as well, right? Uh, Pramo and Laru have, have done it at the highest level uh, and have been successful at the highest level, right? Um, and it's just not all coming together. I think, you know, me and you aren't near the squad. We're not near the team. We're not really sure what, what's happening um, around there. We can't really comment too much. My, uh, and, you know, obviously the Lunker Premier League is one of the hardest franchise leagues to win in the world. And, you know, I'm a Lunker Premier League supremacist. I believe it's also one of the best leagues to win in the world. My worry is... I'm not that fussed that Dambler might not win it this this year. Um, but my worry is, is if you're a youngster involved in that setup, is it having a neg- will it have a negative effect on your career? Will it have a negative impact on your career? Because we're, we're going to go on and talk about youngsters who've impressed us this time around and really seize the opportunity. But what about the ones who are in a franchise and it's not working out for them? And I imagine there's a lot of negativity around it. And I imagine there's a lot of frustration around it. Um, the way social media works in Sri Lanka is that if you, you know, if you have one or two bad innings, if you start, a, a, people start to write you off and try and, you know, claim that you'll never play for the country again, or that you've thrown away an IPL contract, all that kind of negativity isn't what players need when things are going wrong for them. Um, but it, it's, I suppose it's, it just is what, what happens. And, I, and I, you know, if people are saying it on social media, they're damn well saying it on the street as well. So, there's absolutely no way the players will be immune to, to hearing all that and thinking about these comments. Um, and I just wonder what impact it's having on the potential development of some of the youngest players in, in the side. Barnaka Rajapaksa and Dustin Sharnaka will, will come back into form and will score plenty of runs in the rest of their career, even if they have a terrible rest of this LPL season, right? But I want to make sure that the players who are around the squad develop to their full potential. That's my only slight worry about what's going on there. Also, the other thing I will say is Dambula deserves to be bottom because their kit is horrendous. Um, and nobody looks good in that kit. Everyone looks kind of unfit and a bit like a clown. And I'm quite a big fan of, of you know, multicolored stuff. Am I being unfair on the kit? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why they switched from their original colors, right? Maybe it's to do with the new ownership um, coming in. But yeah, I mean, it. it's, I would say Candy's kit, maybe in season one or season two was worse. 
the orange and blue just didn't work but um yeah it, it's a pretty horrible one and just on your point about youngsters i also forgot to mention sikandar raza i was just thinking about it when you spoke about you know blowing a ipl contract he, i mean he's had a forgettable lpl right and i call i i thought he would be like the top all rounder overall he's just not had anything going for him didn't play yesterday's game uh yeah so on the youngsters i do think that that's a big big thing for them because i recall during the first season when damula didn't do well there was a lot of talk about how you know uh, shanaka got a terrible team but he they did reasonably well in the first season and but he was he he led them well and he managed to get them to a to a standard or whatever if you are in shanaka's team you don't want to be hearing that right that you know captain got a shit team but he he made it work so i hope there is no such kind of comment coming out of the camp this time around because that's not a bad team that's that's a very good squad i i felt prior to the first game before the tournament started they looked like maybe the strongest team on paper or at least top 3 they just they just have not delivered at all so let's take a quick break when we come back um i want to know which players have impressed you and uh i've also got i also want to pose the question to you do you think it's time for a six side in the lanka premier league i don't just do this podcast i also host red inca which is a show that covers far more modern stories we look at the trends within the game tell stories about the modern great players and look at what is really going on in global cricket You can find Red Inca by searching for it in your podcast app or on YouTube or by downloading the 99.94 DM app. So Estelle, over the last uh couple of years we've seen a lot of new talent come through um Sri Lanka cricket and and kind of set a stall out for themselves. We've seen players make their debut in the IPL before they've made their debut for the national side. Um and we <laughs> we talk about exciting young talent from the island all the time there is currently five sides in the lanka premier league and there i constantly keep seeing or keep getting reminded about players that aren't in the t- uh, aren't playing um in the lanka premier league and i just wonder that as the tournament is heads to its fourth year is it time to have another side in the league to add a sixth side to to the to the um to the league because i think it's growing our at least our domestic pool of players and also if we add in you know four or five more overseas stars it could add a little bit more stardust to the to the whole thing yeah i think that that could be a good idea particularly for me because uh when there's five teams and four go through to the next round not the semi finals but like the playoffs then Eliminator, it seems yeah. it seems like even in this tournament dambul is pretty much out right five losses after five so you know who's very early on you know who's who are going to be those four teams i feel like if if there was a sixth team it would be a little mo- bit more competitive in terms of getting through to the eliminator and the uh, is it called a playoff why am, why is the word not coming <laughs> for me um anyway Um is it not player for eliminator and then eliminator Yes yes player so one is, is a playoff and one is an eliminator right Anyway Yeah 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 so I feel like if there were six teams that that might be a bit more competitive 
but I do worry about the maybe having a six team would would encourage players at the domestic level to play more like modern T20 cricket because we don't we do guys like Lahiru uh, Udara are known for kind of T20 innings, but we did see him getting getting runs and. I mean, the other guy, Asad Shafiq, <laughs> I was ready to tweet what is Asad Shafiq doing in a T20 side, right? But he was incredible yeah. in that game. I think 50 of 25, uh, something like that. So maybe a 60... See, see, see these, are, these are the players. These are exactly the players who I don't think necessarily get a bigger, as big a chance yeah. as possible. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea how much SLC is paying people to play in this tournament. But I imagine it's it's a it's an all right amount. I think you could you, you could have a six side. There's definitely enough superstar players to. They'd obviously need to get put. You know, you'd need to pull a couple from 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 the other sides. But remember, Patam Dasanka didn't play in the first. He didn't get a contract here either. In July, he was not picked up in the draft. Yeah, exactly right. There's there's enough talent, I think, to it, it, there's enough superstar talent to justify a six side. There's enough of that kind of mid level talent, the players who really aren't going to get anywhere near the national side in domestic cricket in Sri Lanka to uh, to put into that team. And there's enough up and coming players under 19s and and players who would be around the emerging team who could definitely get into that side. You bring in three or four players. Um, from overseas and I know some people think that we shouldn't have as many overseas players in the tournament as we do but I think they just bring they bring experience they bring a bit of stardust I love Ravi Bapara and I think that knock that he played uh, to get Colombo over the line the other day was absolutely sensational um, and you know alright he is at the back end of his career but he does I do think definitely in, in England he makes people go oh people might hear about that knock and, and be interested to find out yeah. a little bit more about the Lanka Premier League um, so I, I definitely think he brings eyeballs to it. And I think there's other players around the world just like him um, who, who can who can get involved. There's other players from associate cricket around the world who can get involved. I mean, we don't even have anyone from the Cayman Islands playing this year. Like, um, Whole new audience, so, right? So I def- ex- exactly. Um, I, I definitely feel that SLC should be looking to expand the tournament and put another side in. Um, Though I'm also acutely aware that there is problems with ownerships of teams. If you've ever owned a, a Lunker Premier League team, or if you own a Lunker Premier League team, or if you can tell us anything about how to own or why ownership of Lunker Premier League teams change so so frequently, please do get in touch. Um, I really want to know what is going on with this. Um, leave a comment below. You can email me, mark at machado.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on all the social media platforms. I want to know about why Lunker Premier League teams' ownerships change so frequently. Um, anyway, Estelle, should we talk about the players that have impressed you so far? Yeah, for me, I think Tanuka Dabre obviously is one of them. He seems like he has the kind of gameplay to do well um, for Sri Lanka. I don't know whether he'll get an opportunity because obviously he bet he opens the betting as well, right? He's a top order bet. So just breaking into that side is going to be tough because Kusal Mendes and Patham Nisank have, have done so incredibly well uh, over the last year or so. Um, I thought Nuantushara is one guy 
who I must say over the three seasons of the LPL, he seems to have just improved every season. And he's, he's just a massive asset to the gladiators overall. He's been so good for them. And I wonder sometimes why Sri Lanka cricket doesn't give him as much attention as they do Pathirana. Very similar types of bowlers, right? But Pradeep, sorry, uh, Nuan Tushara has had a couple of injuries. Um, but he seems to be a guy who, if given an opportunity, could do well. And Sri Lanka do struggle with that kind of death bowling option. So maybe it's time to kind of give him a longer run. Particularly, I feel like it, T20 cricket now is the time to experiment because we don't have a World Cup coming up uh, in the follow, in 2023. So you've got a bit of time to kind of try out a few options. Uh, so Tushara is one. Dabare, of course. Who else? Sadira Samaravikrama. He's, I mean, not picked up in the draft. I don't think he was in last year's tournament either. Uh, but he's been so good, right? And he's the type of guy who's so pleasing on the eye when he's going well. Um, but I but I heard that apparently he's been told that he he's not, he's not really on the radar for limited overs cricket for Sri Lanka. So, uh, you know, he might have to wait his, wait, wait his turn. But, but I hope he gets... Like he's got a proper. Well, if he keeps if he keeps yeah. playing the way he's playing, there's absolutely no like he's putting himself back on the radar, really, isn't he? Yeah, he's got he's got a good record um, in first class cricket. So maybe the idea was to kind of uh, you know keep keep him around for Test cricket. But as we've discussed <laughs> in the past, like what is the point of that, right? But yeah, so Sadir has been really good. Uh, got to forty nine yesterday, I think. Uh, We've kind of been waiting for him to get a half century so that at the Papara we put up this best performance uh, graphics and stuff. So we've been waiting for him to get a 50, but unfortunately wasn't to be yesterday because we were all watching it when he was on 49. We're like, finally, he's getting a 50 and then he gets out. Uh, so yeah, those three, I think, I, I hope I'm not forgetting somebody, but those three definitely, yeah. What about you? Can I, uh, I want to talk about Tushara a bit more because as you say, like, he first, I first came to, to to know to know about him from the first Lanka Premier League, and of course, watching a shrunken player bowl the way he does in a very Malinga-esque manner um, gets everyone quite interested and excited. And as you say, year on season on season, he gets more accurate and he gets better, which is so exciting to watch. He made his debut in Australia last year, his T Twenty I debut in Australia last year, and I wonder if actually that was slightly unfair for him because it was conditions he would have been totally not used to the other question i want to pose and obviously there is no right or wrong answer to this so just wonder if he's from the kind of wrong side of the tracks in terms of getting picked and getting prominence in within sri lankan cricket right he didn't go to a fashionable school i don't think he's from colombo um I'm, I'm i'm not sure how much that impacts whether or not you get selected for for the for the national side, if he keeps bowling the way he's, he's bowling, he's almost definitely going to end up playing franchise cricket around the world. Um, just because I suppose still Sri Lanka is the only place that produces bowlers who bowl with that action, and it excites people. And I still think, by and large, batters find it really difficult to play when the when the ball's coming from at the side, then up the top. Right. Um, and I, I 
I remember watching him after the first uh, LPL and thinking he's really excited, but he's not ac- he's he's not quite accurate enough. I think there was a game where he hit some wides. He bowled a few too many extras for my liking, but he's really sorted that out in the last few years, right? Um, and I do think it, you know, when you consider how many injuries we had in for seam bowlers, I do think it is actually quite surprising that he wasn't brought into the squad for the World Cup. The other, you know, not not, and obviously this isn't one one player in particular, but the other thing that's really impressed me has been the upping of strike rates, right? If you, how much during the World Cup did we talk about strike rate, strike the strike rate being too low, the strike rate being too low? And you look at it now and almost every game, apart from Dambler's, um, when they fell apart um, in their last game, every, almost every game, the strike rate uh, is becoming huge. We, you know, we've seen players bat decent innings and have strike rates of 150 plus, which is, I think it is quite good. The, the, the two players that I'm going to, I'm going to mention are going to be Veerskant, who we obviously talked about at length last time around and Kamindu Mendes. Um, this mainly because Kamindu's been somebody who's been in and around the, the national setup for, for quite a while. He got picked. He's been in squads and not made the 11. Um, there's a lot of hype around him. He, I feel like he's had to go away and rethink his game and uh, rethink what he needs and how he needs to play to, to play at that top, top level. And I'm wondering if we're starting to see that come through now because he's playing much more controlled um it's in, i think it's also interesting the number all our kind of form players all the players who impressed me the most uh seem to be opening the batting which could be an issue right because um i suppose um it, it's it's going to be difficult to drop uh to, to get in between uh mendis and the sunker the other player who i think deserves a mention because we haven't seen him play any cricket at all and he's come back from a long injury is javishka fernando because he's been absolutely uh, sensational open the batting and I thought that for T20 cricket he was striking the ball his strike rate was too low he's absolutely come back with a bang which is making me think was he playing in pain um, you know it, it, leading up to his operation in February I don't know um, we'll, we'll have to wait for him to write a book at some point in his career uh, I suppose, uh, at some point to, at, the, at the back end of his career to find out but I, I think, you know, watching this tournament, I think in general, it feels like cricket in Sri Lanka is, is in reasonable health, isn't it? And it's just, can we harness the, this batch of players into a decent side competing in all formats of, of white ball cricket? Yeah, I, I think on the strike rates and I think even even the scores, if you look at them, they've been pretty good, right? Um, compared to the previous seasons. I do think it has something to do with Palakale. Palakale is a ground that produces a lot more runs than, uh, say, you know, traditionally the Art Premadasa. So I'd be interested to see what kind of tracks are prepared in Colombo because you don't want to go from, you know, teams scoring 170, 180, 190 uh, to, again, you know, coming down to the 140s or 150s. You know, low-scoring games are interesting and fun and, you know, they have their own audience, but you, you have to think that as a product LPL needs to be producing those big scores and you need to have those players, um, you know, striking the ball at, you know, 150, 160. Uh, on Avishka, I feel like he has ridden a little bit on Gurbaza's kind of crazy attacking style of play. 
uh, and it's kind of rubbed off on him a little bit. Like uh, he's obviously coming in after a massive break from international cricket. So yeah, I think very impressive the way he's gone about things again. How is Sri Lanka going to fit him into the side, the T20 side in particular? I think in ODI cricket, uh, he should be opening alongside Nisanka. But yeah, we'll have to see what they go with against India, right? That's I'm very interested to see how how the uh, teams are kind of picked because, yeah, uh, lots of options at the top of the order. Um, we uh, The other person needs to mention, but I'm trying not to mention him. Is Willala Gay because his his um, spell the other day, uh, four wickets and seven runs was unbelievable. Yeah, but, I didn't. Um, I didn't mention him because um, it's almost like it's not impressive because yeah. he, you expect that from him, right? He's been so good. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. Exactly. Um, oh, I'm just so excited about what the future is for Sri Lankan cricket because there's so many great players, and you know, I, I really hope they can maintain this this tournament um and that we're meant to have the fourth edition of it is is in what june next next year but it's always meant to be there and then it always gets postponed so who knows uh what what might happen in shrunken uh, cricket over the next 12 months i think there's loads of selection headaches now when they go to that india tour uh which is only in a few weeks um estelle should we leave it there uh, lots more Lanka Premier League chat to come from us in the in the coming uh, days and weeks. Um, I say weeks is that this is about a week left of the tournament, right? Um, and we'll, we'll we'll do a big post mortem after it as well. So do not worry. Um, thank you for listening to Stronger ninety nine point nine four, where we speak cricket every day. Please do rate, review, subscribe, leave your comments. We love your comments wherever you enjoy your podcast, or if you're watching it on YouTube, comment down below. You can download ninety nine point nine four app and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark Machado. Estelle is at Estelle underscore Vazu Dare One, as in the number one. Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day your way.